Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. Hi, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but I'm just unhooking myself from a device that over the last half an hour has delivered the equivalent of 180 perfect pelvic floor contractions. And let me tell you, Emily, that's quite intense. As as I heard the words pelvic floor contractions, I started doing them. Presumably everybody listening has started doing them as well. Except how do you know if you're doing it right? And why are we even doing them? We are desperately triggered by the phrase pelvic floor but we don't have a proper grasp on what they do or why they're not behaving. All we know is that our pelvic floors aren't strong enough, whether it's because we're reluctant to go on trampolines, hold on for dear life when we sneeze, or worry that we're not enough when it comes to sex. I was so sad to learn that 50% of women worry about laughing in public because of leaks. Isn't that awful? Pelvic Floor panic is literally dimming our joy. Now, we all talk about pelvic floors, but do we really? One in three women suffer bladder weakness in the UK. That makes it more common than hay fever. And of that 30%, one in five have been suffering for over seven years. I mean, what's wrong with us? What the hell are we doing? Enough with the conspiracy of silence. Which is why we are delighted that this podcast is brought to you by Innovo, a pelvic floor trainer made by women for women with 87% efficacy. And here's how it works. You pull on some shorts with built-in sensors, you switch it on, it recruits all the relevant muscles and you spend 30 minutes relaxing while your pelvic floor is put through its paces by its own personal trainer. So here's what a stronger pelvic floor is going to do for you. It's going to give you stronger bladder control so that trampoline will quake at the sight of you walking towards it. It's going to give you increased sensitivity during sex. Can't argue with that. It's going to give you improved posture. So maybe we'll no longer look like croissants from the side. And it's going to give you better core strength because the pelvic floor is the canopy that supports your entire core. Innovo can help you turn your pelvic floor from your nemesis into your superpower. Hi, I'm Annabelle and I'm absolutely fine, but I'm sitting here staring at a large mug of steaming herbal tea. <laughs> it's obviously hotter than the Earth's core. I'm not going to be able to drink it for hours and I don't even really want to drink it. I'd rather have a Diet Coke. <laughs> But I find that I'm drinking quite a lot of herbal tea at the moment. I used to be very derisive about people who drank herbal tea. Uh, yeah, as I say, it's not my favourite thing. And yet somehow I'm now that person. So cheers, it's detox. <laughs> it's detox tea. Like that's going to fucking help. It's like sleepy time tea. Uh, ha, 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 uh, ha, Yeah, exactly. My favourite thing is like, which is the herbal tea to get people to stop talking to you? Yes. Probably all of them. I've got a solution. a conversation stopper. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily. I'm absolutely fine. But Annabelle, we've become those people because you are drinking herbal tea and I am growing my armpit hair. Mm. <laughs> you just showed it to me and there's not that much. I mean, it's sort of fine. Although yesterday I did actually, I was wearing a t-shirt and I, I had to say, oh, I'm growing my armpit hair on purpose. The reason I'm growing my armpit hair as an experiment 
to see where my comfort zone is as far as... I automatically assumed from whenever it was the age I started shaving my armpits, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, that this is the right thing to do. We should always be hairless. Was Jane Austen, did she have... Didn't cross our minds. Shaved the fact armpits. That, that, no. that It didn't cross our minds that men don't. Yeah. Why am I shaving? So I've been, I've been thinking, oh, I wonder why I'm doing this and maybe I will grow it to see what it is like. Well, it's it all becomes. very well. It's all very well having luxuriant <laughs> armpit hair when it's freezing. But what's going to happen in the summer? I know when we go on holiday next year and I'm basically knitting it or something. What about your legs? So I tried growing my legs, but that didn't grow the hair on my legs. But if you've shaved forever, it is not the same kind of hair as you would have originally had. And it's quite brittly and patchy. You can and hurt just... someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was sort of like chin hairs on your on your legs, basically. So I decided I, I then it didn't last very long. So there you go. But I mean, you, you know... could be a, a werewolf for Halloween. Oh, my God. It's so brilliant. I've already got my homemade costume. I would actually find I mean, people if I waved my armpits around. That would but be you know scary. what? If, we, if we're going to think about planning our Halloween outfits for 2021, I mean, it's, it's fertile ground for creative thinking this year because almost everything is horrifying. Fucking hell. I agree. I mean, you could go as, which is my current bugbear, a WhatsApp group. You could. You could. That's horrifying. I mean, you know, you could forget sexy cats. For once. You could. Sexy witches. A WhatsApp group, and particularly the kind of WhatsApp group where you don't actually know why you've been put on it. Or you don't know some of the people included in the WhatsApp group, so you're incredibly self-conscious about what they'll think every time you reply. Yes. I mean, I personally have such terrible WhatsApp anxiety, I can't actually text on a WhatsApp. I find it Nor super stressful. Nor can I have to send an individual secret one. Exactly. And and then there's the secret WhatsApp group, which is really stressful as well. Because you yes, know... because every WhatsApp group has an offshoot WhatsApp group to bitch about the original WhatsApp group. Exactly. And they say things like, oh, don't worry about that WhatsApp group. We made it like when we were talking needlepoint that day. It's called yeah, the needlepoint WhatsApp. That, that, that time WhatsApp. we had dinner when you couldn't make it, that's when we set up that WhatsApp group. It and just, it was only, it's but... only called I Hate Emily as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so paranoid. But mostly there are a lot of questions, aren't they, on those WhatsApp groups? Yes. So if you, so okay, so if you were going to go to a Halloween party as a WhatsApp group, you just have to spend the evening talking nonstop, asking terrible questions yes like who can do thursdays not including next week or tomorrow when you say outdoors what does that mean if it rains red wine or white wine or both is it too cold for rosé and then they get to the um the food intolerances yes exactly. so it's sort of you know are you still allergic to shellfish is anyone else solely plant-based like me yeah and if someone slaps you in your costume then you know you've nailed it <laughs> you could go as an empty supermarket shelf ah oh, this is where we are now this is where we live now <laughs> You're dressed in white, presumably. And if someone asked you a question, you'd have to say, I have nothing to say. I am empty. (laughs) Then you just have to go and stand by yourself in the corner, staring longingly at the table of food, because that used to be you. But it isn't anymore. It isn't anymore. Okay, I give you empty supermarket shelf and I raise you gas bill. Just go dressed as the richest person you know. (laughs) You are dressed head to toe in actual gold. You are covered in diamonds. You only dine at the best restaurants and your car is now a helicopter, you are a gas bill and you make more money than Jeff Bezos. But if you want to be even scarier than the gas bill, (laughs) you'd have to go as a petrol station. (laughs) But you'd have to set up a WhatsApp group because this is a group set piece to organise it. So I guess you would all stand in a queue 
sweating and swearing and rolling her eyes and sort of shaking your heads and shaking your fists. But one of you would need to be wrapped in hazard tape and you would all just slowly file past her again and again and become more and more hysterical. There you go. Enjoy at petrol station. Oh my God, it's such a brilliant, like, avant-garde piece of sort of art. Social commentary. Yes, exactly. There we are. Exactly. I mean, you know, God, we could even go as Britney's conservatorship. Yes, yes. And just remove things from people a lot. (laughs) You could take drinks out of people's hands and then drink them yourself and if, ask anyone if they'd like food and then return with a sort of half-empty plate for them and a full one for yourself. Any yes. conversation should only basically involve you saying no. Yes, no, you're not allowed. No, you're no, not allowed. to everything. You could just go as the final straw. <laughs> just that. wear black and hold a straw, that's it. You're just here to break people. <laughs> I tell you what, oh my God, I do feel like we're breaking i tell you what is breaking me what my bladder your bladder is always breaking you oh my god the rainbow of the different peas that we all have particularly you but all of us well i mean to pee or or not to pee is 92 percent of the questions my i ask myself as an adult well the answer is always (laughs) to pee never put it off i mean but you know it's no surprise really that we've created you know rich and varied urinary narratives in our heads yeah exactly like for example there's the jumpsuit pee Mm. tell me you are a badass superhuman woman without telling me you're a badass superhuman woman i give you four words jumpsuit in your 40s it's a risky business it is but you're brave and you're brilliant oh so is the double pee so (laughs) that's when you so you pee and then you stand up and you think you're done you might even have started wriggling back into the jumpsuit which is an endeavor in itself because you need the perfect balance of of strength and coordination quite hard with a frozen shoulder (laughs) and and then you suddenly realize that you, you that your pee is not done it's not done so you slam yourself back down onto the seat while simultaneously removing any clothing that might be obstructing or in the way. God, oh my God, God, women are amazing. <laughs> also, you've probably frozen the other shoulder by now or dislocated something. <laughs> oh, I'm a personal fan of the triple P, and that is when you have spent so long scrolling through Instagram on the loo that you've peed three separate times. Now that is the stuff of legend. Three peas in one sitting. Hell yes. Do you know what looms large in my life? Tell me. Is the hold on to the tired pee. So you wake up at 3am needing to pee because of course you do because you're a semi-fully functioning human woman but you're so exhausted that you start panicking about the getting back to sleep before you've even gone up to pee. So you try and sort of keep your eyes semi-shut and sidle to the loo without losing any of the tired and you know oh my god you're a ninja you're not a ninja because you inevitably bang your knee or something on the <laughs> and knock something over and you think maybe the tired won't notice that I'm awake maybe the tired will just let me you know sink back into my pillow and it's as though nothing ever happened but oh no because your brain will decide to remind you about the time when you walked into a book launch and you slept with three people there so ah goodbye the tired the tired is gone the tired is always gone what why is can the tired not stay do you um, know the tired yeah because oh, it's a bastard the tired is a bastard i tell you what i am quite loving is a social pee I mean, the best bit of the party always used to be in the kitchen, right? Or outside smoking. And now it's clearly in the loo. Just two, three women peeing and not taking drugs and having a chat in the relative quiet because everywhere else is so loud, so bright and so peeply. So loud. I can never hear anything anymore. All I do is scream what? I mean, (laughs) 
Um, the, 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 the big one in all of our lives is the just-in-case pee, because we've been just-in-case peeing forever. Um, it was drummed into us by our mothers, and we'll never stop just-in-case peeing. No, I don't think we can. I think it's like a sort of, it's like a, what is it? Like a reflex, but not. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the hill we will die on, the just-in-case pee. <laughs> do you know, oh, do you know what's my worst pee? I know your worst pee. Your pee, your worst pee is, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. It is, it is. It's the, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. Oh my God, I'm not going to make it. The horror, the rush, the dropped keys, the people, someone's talking to me and I'm thinking, fuck, 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 fuck. There's stairs or queue and oh my God, I'm wearing a jumpsuit. Fuck, 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 fuck. So stressful. I know, like, you have so that a lot, stressful. don't you? you I do actually. particular look on your face. I think it's psychological. Yeah. I think however short the distance is, you don't think you'll make it. Yeah, maybe. Whether it's a five-minute walk or a five-hour drive. Yeah, maybe the panic about making it is not... Although, I mean, the panic about not making it is the is the driver. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Rather than the actual... Because remember, I have actually sat... It's been sitting in an interview with a little bit of wee in my pants. Yes, yes. And it know. was fine. The, um, and no one would know. No, everyone knows now because we talk <laughs> about it quite a lot. But it's true. A little puddle of pee because you, you, you just didn't quite make it. Didn't quite make it. Didn't quite make it. Oh my goodness, that's the sort of mantra, isn't it, for the the tired of life pee. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of tired where, different kind of tired, you just go to the loo because, you know, you don't want anyone to know that you just need to sit down briefly. Because if they know you need to sit down, they might start asking you questions or asking you for things. So you just slide the lock on the door and you silently sit and you, you're so still, you maybe might forget to breathe. And, and, and it's useful for social anxiety. It's the anxiety, isn't it? Ooh, the anxiety. Yes, it is. I mean, let's face it. We're all basically... I mean, I just want to lock myself in the loop all the time at the moment. Yeah, I know. I think that... Um, listen, since we started recording this podcast, we've always zoned in on all of our little worries. So no tiny worry stone has ever really gone unturned. I mean, look at the, the amount of talk we've just done about peeing and how much we do it and how long we how scared we are about it well there you go but I mean the dollops of anxiety that keep us awake at night are what we really talk about they fizz us they they fizz us until we're maybe sort of bowed by them or unreasonable and irritable and just anxious and sometimes they add up to just feeling churned up and sometimes they contribute to the relentless exhaustion that we all feel. Other times then they might add up to an episode of mania or emotional paralysis or acts of self-harm, tears, depression, all that good stuff. But I'm finding at the moment that just as there's a difference between being big tired and little tired, so I guess little tired just needs a nap, and big tired needs real solace for the soul, and there's a difference between little bored and big bored, so the first just needs, you know, a good telly show, and the second means you might need to look at some resets in your life, which is always scary. I think there's a difference, isn't there, between big worried and little worried. Mm. So, you know, Emily, you and I and lots of our listeners are broadly speaking of the generation or of a generation that thought the only way was up. You know, increasing liberalness and tolerance and generosity and less brutality and poverty and hatred. But the opposite is happening everywhere, isn't yeah. it? So it is our, I mean, albeit comfortable and privileged view of the world, it's as though that has, that's, that's swung from a sense that anything is possible to this feeling that things are closing in, so that there's a real hopelessness and despair. And I know that we are naive and loathsome in some ways because this is just the reality of others, millions of others feeling closer to us, and we've just been nesting in ivory towers. But, you know, fucking hell, the petrol and the food banks and the women being murdered in Texas and Afghanistan, and universal credit, and the government, dear God, the government, and dear God, the opposition, dear God, 
So, you know, you remember when we went from, when we saw our friends, we, we, there was a shift. I remember, probably in, I don't know, our 30s, mid-30s, we went from talking about sex all the time to talking about, like, washing machines and mortgages. And we thought it was a sign of, like, maturity. But now we're ranting when we see each other, and not in a fun way, in a terrible way, in a what-the-fuck-is-the-world-coming-to way. They say it's a return to the 70s. But I just wonder if the mid-alts of the 70s had been tantalised by the same kind of hope that we had, you know, that the hope that things would and could only get better. And so were they as crushingly disappointed in themselves and everyone else mm. as, as I feel right now? You know, so yeah, we, we might worry about walking into a book launch and having slept with half the men there. But, but that worry is being edged out by a, a, a terror about which way the world would spin next. Yeah. And the worst bit, the worst bit is feeling complicit, wondering if we had all collectively done better, might things be different? I mean, you know, I agree that terrible fear that, you know, we've been sort of sleeping on the job. Yeah. And that because we were complacent and just thought things were going to get better and that that was just going to keep moving. And Particularly and... the woman thing. You know? Oh, my God. It's like everywhere because women are just getting sort of like killed or burned or fucked or fucked over. And it's just... No, and it's been happening for like ever as Yeah, well. we did do some thinking around this. We, yeah. did, we, we, did, we did some thinking about how, you know, about how reductive, how reductive it's, it's all been. So, you know. Yes, for example... <sighs> to dust off my history tome take elizabeth the first let's always take elizabeth the first. i know let's always start with her okay so she was fluent in french greek latin spanish and welsh yes, don't forget welsh never Bloody cross <laughs> never forget welsh she translated the whole of the constellation of philosophy and all of this by the way sorry when she was a child she grew up to be one of the most successful monarchs of this realm what did everybody say does she have a boyfriend yet is she seeing someone? When is she getting married? <laughs> uh, Cassandra, or Cassandra. So um, the Trojan princess, who is, we all know, was, was cursed to see the future and never to be believed until the day of her death. They all thought she was a rambling maniac. Until she said that she and Agamemnon, her captor, would be axed to death in a bath by his wife, Clytemnestra. And then they were axed to death in a bath by Clytemnestra. <laughs> so why do people only listen to women when it's too late? And we're in like several pieces on the floor. Oh, Jesus. I mean, will we ever learn? Will they will ever they learn? Will they ever learn? Um, I tell you who is a bit of a heroine mm -hmm. is Lakshmi by the Rani of Jansi. Now, she was a 19th century Maharani consort and was said to have charged into battle with her son strapped to her back, the horse's reins clamped between her teeth and brandishing a sword in either hand to reclaim her position and her land. I mean, obviously she met her death on obviously. the battlefield. Yeah. Punchline is, and then she died. And then she died, exactly. But she refused to surrender. I mean, you know, let's face it, this is the modern mindset for trying to tidy the house, run a business have a sex life, socialise with other humans, have opinions, fix the dishwasher using a YouTube tutorial, financially plan, all on no sleep. Never surrender. Agrippina the Younger. <laughs> so Agrippina was said to have poisoned her husband, the Emperor Claudius, in order to get her own son Nero into the top job. Uh, and she succeeded. And uh, Nero repaid her by sending her and some friends out on a lovely boat trip, except the boat had been designed to collapse and sink and kill them all. <laughs> but he had underestimated her and he hadn't counted her on her being such a strong swimmer. So she hauled her ass back to land and said, well, Tim, he was fine. You'd let your son know, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd be like, hey, 
I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm so, absolutely fine. I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Uh, I'm absolutely fine. But I nearly drowned. But I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. So anyway, um, her son Nero had her stabbed. Um, so it just goes to show, doesn't it? You bend over backwards for someone, you don't even get a thank you. Fucking typical. Nero. To try and make a man look good. Yeah, exactly. And Nero was a psycho. All these psycho taking over and, uh, and, and being allowed to kind of, you know, kill their mothers and continue. Okay, another parable. Caroline of Brunswick. She was the extremely rich first cousin of her husband, the extremely poor George the Fourth and profligate. Poor and profligate. Never a good combination. <clears throat> I mean, women, beware. Caroline's wedding involved a husband so drunk that he spent their wedding complaining loudly about her poor personal hygiene, typical, and spent most of their wedding night passed out under a grate in the bedroom. Life with an idiot. It's just not easy, right? Idiots. I remember seeing those samplers on cushions when I was a teenager that said, I'm surrounded by idiots. (laughs) And now I actually believe I'm surrounded (laughs) by idiots. But I also feel like I'm part of the problem. I know. Part of the idiocy. I know. I agree. We're sort of exactly... The confederacy of fools. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. October, right? October. We thought September was bad, and here we go. (laughs) I just need to pee. Oh, you see, this is how everything ends. Every, every time we do, try to do anything creative, every time we try and have a meeting, Emily needs to pee. We'll leave you so Emily can pee. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Innovo. They are offering listeners £55 off the full kit using the code MIDULT55. Time to give inner strength a whole new meaning. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. May the bridges you burn light your way. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.